Welcome to the Creativity Algorithm Podcast, the show that helps people and businesses have good ideas more often. Now here is your host, psychologist, author, and public speaker, Joe Swope. Years ago, when I was driving around, a DJ made a comment, something about, aren't you glad no one is recording you sing as you drive? At the time, I found that was like an interesting comment. I was strangely embarrassed. I had been singing, loudly, probably to the 70s band Boston. And if you know that band, that lead singer, his name's Brad Delp. Man, he's got some serious pipes. He could hit the high notes. Me? Not, not so much. That doesn't mean I didn't try and probably tortured my steering wheel with, with my you know, lack of singing voice or whatever. So the thought of people hearing me sing badly was troubling. I don't know why that thought got to me back then. But then I've always thought of singing as something of an intimate and risky thing to do. You know, okay, first sophism. Can people sing without emotion? Something to think about. And, and why would they? Well, maybe I wasn't comfortable having people hear me be that emotional. All right, enough of that retroactive self-diagnosis. Okay, now, a few decades later, I'm not going to tell you exactly how many decades, but it's been a lot. I certainly do not care. I am more than happy to sing however well or however badly it may be. And most importantly, I am more than happy to make up the words to any song that I don't know. I will make stuff up looking at you, Steve Miller, big old jet airliner, because I don't know what any of that is. Or is it Bruce Springsteen's Blinded by the Light? I still make up those words and I'm too lazy to look them up. It's funny how we can do something as complex as singing in the car and still operate it safely. Well, I don't know if that's true. One of the psychological facts that is true for everyone is that people can only think of one thing at a time. Now, when I say that, when I give talks, when I give presentations, um, people push back on that. But it's a fact, and it's been shown over and over and over. Unless you happen to be one of the very few people who has undergone surgery to separate your two brain hemispheres, you cannot think of two things at once. I know, you know, some listeners and some readers might be skeptical of this. They're convinced that they can do two things at once. Well, let me, let me rephrase, and if that's wiggling out of it, that's fine. Most people can do two things at once, such as walk and chew gum or walk and talk or drive and sing, etc. But nobody can think of two things at once. No one can concentrate or use their conscious mind on more than one thing at a time. Don't believe me? Try this. Pause this episode, or better yet, don't pause it. You know, take out your AirPods, take out your earbuds, go in your kitchen, get your family members, and try to do this with everyone. Okay, here we go. Get two sheets of paper and two pens. At the exact same time, try to draw a circle with one hand and a triangle with the other. Do it fast, same time. One, two, three, go. Bet you can't. Now, if you think you made some progress, it's probably because you were doing what's called task switching, which means, of course, switching you know, consciousness from the circle to the triangle. And we do this all the time. We do this too many times from our phone to our screen, to our screen to our phone, from our phone to a conversation. And that's task switching is moving your attention from one thing to another very quickly, which gives us the illusion that we can multi-think, but we can't. So what does that have to do with helping a manager guide her department or team into a more profitable or efficient solution. Let me ask you this. 
if you're a manager or if you're an employee, are the employees thinking of something different than what management wants? Remember, it's going to be difficult to think of two things at once. You're going to be divergent. That task switching between you know, one thing and the other is going to cause inefficiencies and slowdown. Now, even the managers have bosses. Are they thinking of the same things or are they merely pretending, you know, task switching when they're being observed, but then for lack of a better word, reverting to slacking when they're not being observed? Task switching quickly between what is good for their own interests and what is good for the organization is unfortunately all too common. So if you're a manager, if you're an employee, let's think about using our own mind and concentrating on one thing versus trying to task switch as a way to increase productivity and as a way to have workspaces be a bit more fulfilling. So back to driving. If we can't actively think of two things at once, is singing while driving safe? Well, I guess it depends on how much you are actively thinking about singing or actively thinking about driving. If you are concentrating on singing, then you're not driving. You're simply just aiming your two-ton car and will only start concentrating again if something grabs your attention. You know, sorry about that. I think, you know, I like to keep these, these, these episodes and posts a little bit light, but I felt like that's a good reminder for all of us because let's face it, you know the physics. If you're driving a 4,000-pound car and you're going X miles an hour, there's going to be a point where which you can't stop. So obviously, the more attention we put where we're driving, the better for everyone. Okay, so back to the title of this post. Driving while intoxicated is always unsafe. That's a fact. No amount of wordplay or sophistry is going to change that. But I wasn't talking about driving while intoxicated, DWI. I was talking about driving while ideating, DWI. I often have good ideas when I'm driving. Maybe that's because I usually drive the same places over and over. That allows my conscious mind to take a break. The physical tasks of driving, such as turning the wheels, pressing the pedals, and turning up the volume when a good song comes on, has become a procedural memory. That's what allows us. Remember earlier I said we can do many things at once. We just cannot think of many things at once. So those simple behaviors are things we can do many times at many things at the same time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please see episode 20 or post 20 called Thinking, of Mus Thinking with Muscles for an explanation. So if my conscious mind is taking a break, if I'm doing something routine, and if I'm relaxed, my unconscious mind might find that to be a good time to unexpectedly hand me a good idea. I bet that has happened to you too. And maybe that isn't the weirdest place to have a good idea. Have you ever had a good idea in the shower? Probably. If so, you're probably not alone. In fact, there is a term called shower thoughts. I mean, that makes sense too. Driving is often a comfort zone like a shower. You know, we are usually alone, you know, ah, blush, blush, fun, fun there. You know, you were usually alone in the shower. We have the temperature just right. It's something we've done for years and it just feels good. The conditions are nearly perfect for our conscious mind to take a break. When that happens, your unconscious mind might just show you a new way that it has put together the information you already knew. And really, isn't that what a good idea is? Many of us, of course, we've, we've lived however long, and we've accumulated a lot of knowledge. Behind the scenes, 
think of your unconscious as just having fun putting together different Lego pieces of information. You have an uncountable amount of information in your unconscious. And behind the scenes, your unconscious, like a little kid, just putting together Lego pieces and let's see what happens. And periodically, it comes up with something cool. Then it passes it to your conscious mind. So I think you probably have most of the Lego pieces of information. It's just, are you letting your unconscious put them together in new ways? Well, okay, so back to the question. Is driving while ideating unsafe? Let's phrase it like a hypothesis. If a person is driving and ideating, then they are unsafe. The independent variable is what is done. The dependent variable is the result. In this case, the independent variable is driving while ideating, and the dependent variable is the level of safety. We have a lot to pick apart there. First, we need to precisely define driving and precisely define ideating. Driving has been precisely defined. Ideating, however, has not. Ideating is a fancy name for generating ideas or solutions. It's akin to the concept of divergent thinking, which is coming up with many solutions as possible, and we mentioned that way back in episode slash post number one, which, you know, titled as introduction. Okay. Secondly, we need to define safe. Well, by definition, nothing can be 100% safe. So now we must look at degrees of safety. Does taking your conscious mind off the road make driving less safe? Yes. Fact. I don't think anyone can argue with that. The problem is we can't not do it. And in another post that I call daydreaming, I think that, you know, having a break from consciously paying attention is not only unavoidable, it's necessary and good. But does that belong in a car or does it belong in a classroom? And yes, even as a teacher, I do think that people should daydream in class. Okay. So as we said, the problem is we cannot not daydream or get distracted when we're driving. Just as we know for a fact that humans cannot concentrate on more, thing, more than one thing at a time, we know that humans cannot concentrate for a long time without a break. That doesn't sound too great when we think of highway safety. But even when the conscious mind takes a break, okay, this is where we can relax a little bit because we've all daydreamed while driving, the conscious mind is only a tenth of a second away from being back in charge. In addition to being good at giving us good ideas, our unconscious mind is almost always scanning for danger. When it notices danger, it alerts the consciousness literally faster than you can think. And that is a really cool sophism. I'm going to re-say that sentence and I want you to kind of work through that. When your unconscious mind notices danger, it alerts the conscious mind faster than you can think. And I don't know if we can uh, observe, I would love to, I would love to observe that handoff of control, that process where your unconscious mind says, all right, you've now in charge, you handle this, I just told you that, hey, something's for you to handle. That seamless handoff of attention is one indication of an efficient and balanced mind. Just like we can't make our unconscious deliver good ideas when we want, we can't make our conscious mind pay attention for long periods of time. You think you can. If you, if you can, if you're the type of person that can concentrate for 10 minutes straight, that's impressive. 20? Oh my gosh. 30, you're superhuman. If you can concentrate and not have that break in attention, even if it's only a five-second daydream, 
you got to be superhuman. Enough about driving safety and consciousness switch-offs. Let's get into an alpha state, which is pretty much what I look forward to several times a day. And I'm kind of weird like that, man. I go to work or when I come home and I really do try to, just like I guess some people sneak snacking, I kind of sneak relaxing. I kind of find a little place where I can just zone out, get my breathing on and just chill. And let's see what unconscious, see what my unconscious will put together and hand me. Okay, well, let's get into an alpha state. And if you're new, if this is your first episode to the creativity algorithm, that's fine. If you don't know what an alpha state is, check out some of the earlier episodes. If you don't have time for that, let me just say it's a type of active relaxation. I know that might sound like an oxymoron, but your mind is mentally active and it's relaxed. One of the best ways to get into an alpha state is to get into a comfortable position, slow your breathing, and then monitor, pay attention to your breathing. Notice, I don't know if you noticed, my voice just changed a little bit because it's, it automatically triggered a reflex in me. My voice, my slowed down, and I just kind of got into, it almost started to get into a zone there. As you're breathing, you know, observe yourself. Here's some questions for you. When you're doing this, see how large you can expand your chest cavity when you inhale. Do it four times. Were you able to expand your chest cavity more on the fourth time? And if you did, do you see what happened there? By consciously thinking about your chest cavity, your unconscious began the process of relaxation. Consciousness switch-offs are very cool. And, and I wish I could watch myself transition from wakefulness to sleep. Just like I could wish I could watch myself transition from sleep to wakefulness. Now, I'm getting much better at it. And at the risk of trying to self-congratulate myself, one of my favorite times in the day is when I wake up, especially on a Saturday or Sunday when I, I don't allow myself the guilty pleasure of sleeping in because I don't think sleeping in is a guilty pleasure. It's not a waste of time. That is when we have some of our most enriching and longest alpha states throughout the day. So I encourage you to let yourself Wake up, go back to sleep, wake up and go back to sleep, because that's often where you're going to find that sweet spot of the alpha state. Okay, let's, let's throw out another sophism, going back to the concept of driving and attention. I'd like you to imagine the beginning of a routine or daily drive. Take a minute, really picture the beginning. Pulling out of your street, what do you see? Same thing every day. How are you turning your hands? Really get into the minutiae. Details matter. Got it? You have a picture of how your daily commute starts. Now, I want you to picture the end of your journey. Again, work for the details. Slow down, go deep, push your imagination. What does it look like, sound like, smell like, feel like when you approach the end of your daily commute? Got it? Now, imagine both of them at the same time. Can you? Probably not, because I think we've discussed you can't think of two things at once. But what was happening with the rest of your mind while you were concentrating on something you couldn't do? When you were trying to merge two thoughts, what was the rest of your mind doing? Again, it isn't about getting the right images to show up simultaneously. It's about the process. Letting your unconscious stretch a little bit. Let your unconscious play a little bit more. Did relaxing 
and thinking of the two ends of your journey put you into an alpha state where you were more mentally engaged but relaxed? If so, keep at it. If not, keep at it. That is the moment when good ideas are most likely to appear. All right, on to the takeaway, spreading the thoughts, and next post. Takeaway. Work with expanding your rib cage as you relax several times this week. And again, you know, and I know, and I'm guilty of this. Please believe I'm not, I'm not putting myself in any different category. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm like, I'll do it later. Unless I write it down, unless I connect it to a behavior. For instance, when I put the remote control down after watching a show right before bed, when I put the remote control down, that is a time for me to grab five minutes to myself. Okay, so link it to a routine or a behavior. If you don't have that, write it down in your planner, write it down in your calendar. When are you going to do this this week? After you do four breaths, try to imagine the front of your car. Okay, imagine all of the details. Where is the license plate? What does the license plate look like? Where are the uh, headlights? Imagine every detail of the front of your car. And then Imagine every detail of the back of your car simultaneously. Try to do that. Will you? Maybe. On the first try, probably not. But maybe, just maybe, you will be able to merge two thoughts. What would that look like? What would that do for your mind? Okay, on to spreading the thoughts. Try the simultaneous drawing task with your colleagues, with your family. Have fun with it. Build it up, you know, as a a challenge. Dare them. Bet them. Heck, maybe you could get a free cup of coffee out of it. Now, hold on. If you feel ethically queasy about cashing in on a bet that you know someone will lose, good for you. You have some ethical boundaries. You're not just going to take a free cup of coffee. So if you're not going to do that, uh, maybe make a deal with them. If they can't draw two different things simultaneously, then have them read a post or have them listen to an episode of The Creativity Algorithm. Title of the next post, Daydreaming in Class. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Creativity Algorithm Podcast. To get in contact with Joe or to have him speak to your organization, please visit www.joeswope-publicspeaker.com.